Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Out of Bounds, Dylan James. As always, I'm joined by Tyler Sorensen. And this week we are celebrating the holidays, celebrating Christmas. It's on Sunday. Yeah. On Sunday. Have you have you done your Christmas shopping yet? Have you finished Christmas shopping yet, Tyler? I, I don't do Christmas shopping. I'm, st- okay. I'm still I'm still young enough where I don't need to do it just yet. <laughs> I, I can just wait for like another like year or two until okay. I'm being forced to do it so I can stop writing my name on my Nana's gifts that she gets my mom and just be like, yeah, I actually bought this with my own money. Now she'll be like, yeah, Nana bought it, but she told me to write my name on it. So, so what is. you're saying is the first year you actually do give gifts, they're going to be really good gifts from all the money you've saved, not spending money on gifts these past few years. Maybe. I don't know. It Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Chris is chiming in. Tyler, you child. And he also says, hello, Dylan. Hello, yeah, Chris. Welcome to I the show. You are. You are. And I forget about that every week and then am reminded of that when you say things like that. So thank you. Thank you for showing how old I am. But welcome to the show, everybody. I do have a tweet linked up at the top of the chat, wherever you're watching, on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, I'll this evening well there you go am i back yes i'm back um we are also streaming on twitter this evening as well so feel free to chime in um there is a tweet that i posted though talking about what is your christmas wish for your team this year what is the christmas wish for your team this year if you were granted one for the holiday season let us know in the comments below or Better yet, go to the tweet itself and comment there, and we will discuss that towards the end of the show. Um, but Chris, alluding to the fact that we are both old AF, as they say, as the kids say these days, um, we are old AF. Anyway, so a lot to talk about. We had week 15, good things for your team, bad things for mine, but we'll get into that yeah. later in the show. Um, but tonight we're going to be talking about the teams that are on the playoff bubble. Will they make it into the playoffs or not? We will also be talking about what teams are wanting for Christmas. That's that Christmas wish I was talking about earlier. And last but not least, we're doing a week 15 recap and a little bit of a preview going into week 16. But let's start off first. You went to the Green Bay Packers game last night. That was the last thing that happened this week. You were uh, say, you were saying before the show you got in at about 2.30 this morning, but tell us about yeah. that experience at Lambeau, uh, a big win for Aaron Rodgers and the boys, and it looks like you guys still have life when oh. it comes to being in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and it, it was also it was very entertaining. I forgot how much fun it is to go to Lambeau and actually go to, because the last one I went was 2017, I believe, 2017, 2018. It was the Packers-Vikings on Christmas Eve was the one that was the last game that I went to. And that was – and I forgot how fun it is to be at Lambeau and actually tailgate and have some fun because normally it's just me and mom. This time I went with a few of my buddies and we actually had a lot. It's a much different experience than going with your family, going with some of your friends. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when it comes to the team, what did you see in person that has led to them being successful over the past few weeks that's led – Aaron Rodgers to keep the playoff hopes alive there in Green Bay. I think it's honestly how wild the stadium is. I don't know if you could tell right now. I'm still a little bit hoarse, but that stadium gets loud. And I don't think a lot of people really realize it because there's some like you were listening to it. I I don't know if you saw it on TV, but there's a few times where it seemed like the Rams had to use those timeouts really early on in in the quarters to be because they didn't get the right play. And obviously Baker's only been there for a week and a half now. So it's like, 
So it's still like a mixture of that too, but it's like it, you underestimate how loud those stadiums can get. And I think that's really been sort of turning the tide, especially in those winter months where it's like, okay, we have AJ Dillon now who's been running out of his mind last, he was running out of his mind last night and Aaron Jones is getting those free games and Christian Watson sort of coming into a league of his own. Obviously last night he was a little bit, a little bit quiet, but I mean, once he, he once he's going and his confidence is up, it seems like nothing can stop him. The biggest thing too is you, if you're looking at this this game, first of all, the biggest takeaway was the Rams officially got eliminated. Which can we just talk about how meteoric of a fall there was in Los Angeles for the Rams this year, going to the Super Bowl last year, getting the title, getting their rings, and then coming in this year, going to defend their title. It seems like they stumbled out of the gate to begin with. The first game this year was horrendous with Matt Stafford, and that was when the whole elbow story was coming out with his injury. But the Rams have fallen from grace very, very quickly. They're not going to be trying to defend their title this year. We will have a brand new Super Bowl winner this year after that elimination. But when it comes to this game itself, is it more of an indictment on the Rams, or do you think that the Packers are actually that good of a team to move forward to keep pushing for the playoffs? I think the Rams were just bad. Uh, watching it, it looked like they had some. Their defense didn't seem all that good. I don't. I don't even think. I, I was there. And I don't even remember watching Aaron Donald play at all the entire game. I don't think I saw him on the field once. And it's yeah, like, I believe he got injured. That's the reason why. Oh, okay. I, Aaron, I, Aaron Donald. I didn't even remember that. But it's like it just looks like like our special teams is actually having success against them. Like Keyshawn Nixon almost ran two back. It seemed like and it seemed like he could go for it at any given moment. And I don't think our special teams are that good to be that or it's like it should be doing that every single time. So I think it's just the Rams are that bad. But I think it's also a mixture of we're finally hitting that confidence stride. So it's like we can we're coming into each game and being like, oh wait, we can win this. We 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 it's not going to be like, oh, we're, we might lose. It's we're actually like, okay, we can come out this, we can get the win, and we can just keep on running. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it is a combination of both. I think that yes, Aaron Rodgers getting confidence, especially with his wide receivers, especially with Christian Watson. I think that's a huge connection there. Um, as long as they can continue with that momentum, I think that they have a shot. Um, it's just one of those things that I think that it was the perfect storm in this scenario that you come up across a team that's licking their wounds because the Rams right now. With their injuries, they're without Aaron Donald, they're without Cooper Cup, they're without Allen Robinson, they're without Matt Stafford, um, uh, Ben Skronik, um, he actually had a calf injury as well, which he was one of the wide receivers that was stepping in for the injured Cooper Cup and the injured Allen Robinson as well. So it, it, there's been a lot of injuries on that Rams team. However, I do think that having that confidence the Packers have, winning at home that way, and feeling like they're actually playing meaningful football in December, I think that will do wonders for this team, especially with Aaron Rodgers, because it seemed like he was feeling a bit dejected in the middle of the season, especially with how how they were playing um, with the wide receiving core and things of that nature. But I think that they will eventually hit their stride, and we'll see if they can keep them keep it up and stay in the conversation in the playoffs because crazier things have happened. Um, and I know they have a very very slim chance of making the playoffs, but they can yeah. still turn that into um, a very good chance as long as Aaron Rodgers plays up to the MVP caliber that he's he's used to playing at. Chris is also saying that let's go Lions. Um, he also said wait till you drink. I believe he's talking about the experience at Lambeau Field. Um, Chris, yes, I can. drinking. Well. I can. Well, he can. So, I can. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm may sure you may can, not have 
I'm sure you can make more memories though in the future when you can actually. Oh yeah. Um, Chris also says it's because they let Odell walk. Talking about the Rams, that's the reason why they are actually in that situation. Chris, it wasn't letting him walk. It was actually letting him roll away, probably in a wheelchair, <laughs> because he was unable to walk on his torn ACL. Um, and yeah. sarcasm was that one. But again, again, I not having a weapon like Odell Beckham when your star wide receiver is out. Cooper cup was out after, you know, after the first few weeks he went down with an injury. So that was a big blow for this team in the first place with their confidence level. And then Matt Stafford getting more injured. Um, just not a good scenario for this team. And, and again, you know, Matt Stafford was getting up there already. I mean, he has a neck injury now. So, I mean, what's going to happen next year with Matt Stafford? You know, they did spend a lot of a lot of draft capital, a lot of money on Matt Stafford to be the quarterback there. Um, Baker Mayfield is in the room now. Sean McVay truly likes Baker Mayfield. I mean, they've had conversations before in the past. It seems like he's had some positive things to say about Baker Mayfield in the media before he even came to the Rams. So that's going to be a really interesting scenario there too, seeing those two quarterbacks battle it out next season. Can Baker Mayfield excel in this offense more so than he did in Carolina because in Carolina he just I, I don't know what happened there I, I think that Carolina is just a black hole I think that's what happens yeah. there in Carolina when it comes to being a quarterback because I had high hopes for Sam Darnold I thought Sam Darnold was gonna go in there and play well but having a first year head coach and Matt Rule be there um, I, I that was not a good recipe for success for um, the Carolina Panthers or for Sam Darnold so um Having Steve Wilkes there now, apparently they've been they've been feeling Steve Wilkes, and they think that he's been doing a good job there in Carolina. So we can see if they keep that up. But um, at the end of the day, I think that they, Baker will play better in Los Angeles than he did in Carolina. I think that that's that's yeah. the way to put it. And Chris also alludes to Carolina being like the new Cleveland, which Cleveland's being the new Cleveland with their scenario with yeah. Deshaun Watson playing the way he's been playing. He has not been playing up to that that fully guaranteed contract he received coming into the season so far anyway. Um, so we'll see how that plays out too. Yeah. And I Chris mean, is also saying Cleveland is the new Jets. Yeah. Which I, means, think the, I think the Jets are still the Jets. I think the Jets, yeah. I mean, well, it, it's, it's difficult because Zach Wilson, I think, is a good quarterback. I, I think that he has, yes, he has some decision-making. Again, that one bad game he had against the Patriots. That was the bad game he had. We were talking about the Jets. Oh, wow, the Jets are actually coming into their own. I mean, yes, it was probably because their defense was helping them through as well. But how many quarterbacks in the past have we seen young quarterbacks get helped, get pushed through by a good defense? Yeah, We've seen it to where they've been successful in the long term with that playing out. Russell Wilson being one of the prime examples over the past 10 years. Uh, 10, yeah, 10, 15 years now. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson was not that good of a quarterback himself, a pocket passer, when he came into the league. But his defense truly helped him get to the Super Bowl and win his first Super Bowl. So um, I think that having that defense there in New York helps Zach Wilson in the long term. I think that, Z that the Jets want Zach Wilson to be the starting quarterback. I mean, for as long as Mike White is injured with his rib injury, I'm sure they want him to stay the starting quarterback there. But... I mean, that's going to be an interesting scenario, too. Mike White and Zach Wilson. Who do you go with next year if you're the Jets? I mean, Zach Wilson was the number two overall draft pick. So yeah. 
do you just put him put him to the side and say we'll deal you somewhere else or we'll keep you as a backup for now or i mean what's going to happen with zach wilson i'm not really sure and we won't know until mike will mike white's officially uninjured officially back healthy and uh, they can go after it and most likely the offseason they'll probably go after the the starting position um chris also says the jets are the new bingles uh eh. i mean yeah yeah, I could see that. Sort I could like see it. I mediocre, see it. middle of the road. Yeah, I don't think but. it's necessarily. That, I mean, I I think that the the Jets have more weapons than the Bengals did when they were mediocre, when they were middle of the road. I mean, the only what weapon they really had was AJ Green for the longest time. AJ Green and then Ocho Cinco too. Yeah, like Ocho Cinco as well. But Ocho Cinco was yeah. I mean, he was kind of getting towards the end of his his prime there too. Um he also said his coach helped Wilson lose his first Super Bowl, too. That was the second, Chris. Yeah, the second Super Bowl. That was the second. The first one was against Pete Carroll. The... And the decision to throw the ball instead of run the ball with Marshawn Lynch at the one-yard line. You just think about This is what i got to say about it. It would have worked had the Patriots not been practicing that exact play for 15 minutes. But, like. Yeah. They were literally talking about that play for like a good like fifteen to thirty minutes, and it came out in the documentary. The documentary about it was like, yeah, we were practicing that play for like fifteen thirty minutes, just nonstop. Yep, and it led to a Super Bowl win for the Patriots. So, yeah. one of many that Tom Brady and the Patriots had in his tenure there. But Packers still have a shot. Packers are still alive mathematically. Um, they are not one of the teams that got eliminated. But, like I said before, the Rams got eliminated this weekend, but also another team got eliminated this weekend, which they're having some controversy of their own as well. The Cardinals got eliminated from playoff contention, too. And they're also looking at removing their general manager. Now, with everything that's been going on in this organization, there was some talk that he was he was um, away from the team, that someone else was in there as the interim, fulfilling his duties until he comes back to the team. But it looks like he will be gone um, from the team very, very quickly. So, what do you think was the final straw? If this is the end for the general manager there for the the Arizona Cardinals, what do you think was the final straw for them to let go of him? I mean, I think it's the whole thing down in Mexico with what their the offensive line they got fired. As my dog decides to break into my room, hi. <laughs> but that whole thing with uh, hi, Ange. No. Um, but no, the whole thing that happened down in Mexico City with the O line coach and all that stuff, and then like him basically being like, "Oh yeah, it's a case of mistaken identity," because both him and the general manager look exactly alike. If that actually did happen, there could be a there could be a lawsuit brewing, and I don't think they want to really deal with it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're trying to cut ties before anything does blow up. That's right. But I mean, I think also decision making too when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury getting his extension and and coaching the way he's coached. He has not shown anybody that he is growing from his experience as a head coach in the NFL because he continues to coach the same way and have the same result. He usually has a pretty successful beginning of the season and then a a fall from grace in the second half of the season. Even yeah. this year, it, it, it didn't even seem like they even got to that point to where they had a successful first half of the season. They were just sputtering the entire time. It doesn't help that Kyler Murray, their newly extended quarterback, got injured as well. But 
I mean, at the end of the day, it, someone has to the, the the hammer has to come down on somebody. And I think that with his decision making for extending Cliff Kingsbury, for extending Kyler Murray in the way that they did in the same offseason, and having this result once again, I think ownership will have to step in and say something about it. Um, we've seen several teams this year have that same same scenario, especially with the Tennessee Titans letting go of John Robinson because of some personnel decisions he's made. Um, and since John's left, they have yet to win a game, which we'll talk about that momentarily as well. So um, not very good there in Tennessee. So let's look at these teams that are on on the playoff bubble currently. So currently right now, as it stands, the AFC has two teams that have locked it in so far. That is the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Those two teams are going to be in the playoffs this year. And they are fighting for the number one seed in the AFC. They're both sitting at 11-3. and three. Then you have to look at the NFC. Eagles have clinched so far with a 13-1 record. It looks like they're pretty safe. However, Jalen Hurts did go down with a shoulder sprain. Uh, Nick Sirianni did come out saying that he has not ruled out Jalen Hurts for this weekend, but at the same time, doesn't sound very optimistic when it comes to having Jalen Hurts play this weekend. And also, if you are Nick Sirianni in in his shoes this week, do you really play Jalen Hurts this week when you can put in a Gardner Minshew let him play. Even if you lose the next two games, you're still 13 and three. You're still the, the the worst you could be is tied with the Vikings in two weeks. So I mean, at that point, you still pretty much have the number one seed wrapped up. Do you want Jalen Hurts to be injured with a shoulder sprain, or do you want him to be almost fully healthy by the time the playoffs roll around? Because this injury does take a few weeks typically to to heal. Um, and having another week of play on his shoulder, that might not be the best idea if you were in the front office for the Philadelphia Eagles. But um, you also look at the other teams that have clinched, clinched, the Vikings clinched after a game this weekend against the Colts that will go down in in infamy and in the record books, which we'll discuss in just a little bit during our Week 15 recap. You also have the San Francisco 49ers who have clinched. They are playing very well, even though Jimmy Garoppolo has gone down with an injury. Brock Purdy has come in, and he's been playing pretty good football. Pretty good football for a rookie that no one really knew about until both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo went down with injury. And then Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, who have kind of sputtered the past week or two, not really playing the best football there and losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the surging Jacksonville Jaguars this past weekend in overtime. So those two, those teams aside, because they're already in, there are a few teams. So let's look at the AFC first that are on the playoff bubble. So you have the Bengals, Titans, Ravens, Chargers, and Dolphins currently sitting in playoff spots. And then on the bubble, you have the Patriots, the Jets, the Jaguars, Raiders, Brown, Steelers, and Colts, which the Colts would need a miracle. Several Christmas miracles to to make it into the playoffs, which I highly doubt that will happen, especially after just giving up 33 points, um, a 33-point lead to the Minnesota Vikings and losing that game this weekend. So when it comes to the teams that are in the hunt right now that are already in playoff position, which teams do you see not making the, not making the playoffs currently? Uh, well, there's one for sure that I know is not going to make the playoffs, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson hasn't been healthy. Tyler Huntley just got down with a concussion two weeks ago. I don't think he played last week. So they were under the third string. They they 
lost to the Browns three to thirteen. Their defense can't really stop anything. I think the Ravens are just in a bad position where they just are sort of stuck in mediocrity. Obviously, you do have former MVP winners on your team with uh, with Lamar Jackson, but he hasn't been healthy consistently for the past two years. Obviously, it depends on how he's actually playing. I think it's still one of those things where it's like this is also a contract year for him. He hasn't really played all that well. I think if, if I'm the Ravens, I get rid of him. I don't think I would trust him. I look for either a – if you do try to sign him, you sign him for a little bit of a cheaper deal, maybe like a one, two year, or – see if anybody wants to take him off your hands like something like that i think do you want me to go to one team that i think will take their spot then or sure let's do that one team that will take their spot um in this in this playoff bubble scenario you're gonna hate me i've called this since day one jacksonville jacksonville playing well jacksonville is playing well like Jacksonville will take the Dolphins, will take the Ravens spot, and then when um, I think I think it's going to be Titans Jacksonville that will represent the South because I think they're still both fairly better than a bunch of these other teams, but I think it's going to be one of those two teams to make it or no, yeah, the one of those teams are going to make it over the Ravens. Okay, so the Ravens are out, Titans or Jags are in, so you Titans still see. So you still see the Chargers, you still see the Dolphins, and the Bengals getting in. Bengals are going to be the three. The Bengals are going to be the three seed. Okay, Bengals stay at the three seed. Then, then you'll have the Titans or Jags will be four. Uh, Chargers go up to six. Miami goes up to or Chargers go up to five. Miami goes up to six, and then either Titans or Jags go to seven. So you see the Jags and Titans getting in. Yes. You currently see both teams getting in. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Because okay. I see I see the Ravens losing every single game from now into the rest of the season. I don't really see the Patriots after their collapse at, uh, against the Raiders. I don't see them really bounce back from it. I don't see the Jets really doing much. I see Jacksonville doing it. They've been surging for the past few weeks. I can see them making a late push. Like, Raiders look dead in the water. Obviously, they just beat the Patriots, but they still look dead in the water. Browns are dead in the water. Steelers, I don't think have really any chance in support of the Colts. Yeah, I agree. Um, when when I look at the Ravens, I mean, I could see them dropping out. I haven't seen the report. If you can look and see if there's been a report for Lamar Jackson so far, I think that he was able to come back. Um, I think that that was only a, a, a one to three week injury was supposed to be, but I do agree. I think that the Ravens should cut ties with Lamar Jackson, let him go somewhere else to get his money next season because he's again, a top 10 athlete, not a top 10 quarterback. Um, before I finish this thought, Karen has joined the show. Karen, welcome. Thanks for, uh, popping in the comments. Hope you're feeling better this week. And, um, yeah, glad to see that you're here. Welcome. Um, looks to be against the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't Atlanta know when they face Falcons. the Falcons. Okay, so they have the Falcons, then they also have the Steelers the next week, then the Bengals the next week. Steelers. Okay, so it is next week. Okay. Yeah, so they have three weeks. The next three weeks, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals at Bengals. That's going to be a tough game. I, I Even if Lamar Jackson was playing in that game, I'd still see Lamar Jackson losing that game against the Bengals. Falcons are kind of up in the air just because uh, Ritter's going to be playing once again this coming up week. They still have a remote shot at making the playoffs in the NFC. It's not out of the, well, out of the realm the, of possibility. It's, it's the South. So yes, the NFC it's South either, is 
hot see, garbage. They, yeah, see, either they win the division or they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're not they're not doing so hot in the NFC South. Um, the Steelers, Kenny Pickett's supposed to be starting this week, or, or they're they're hinting at the fact that he'll be starting this week, so we might see him come back um, and play for the Steelers. In, in which case, they might be able to win, but I think the Ravens would probably win if Lamar Jackson's in. I would see the Ravens winning that game against the Steelers. So I see the Ravens winning at least one or two games in the final three. And if that's the case, then the Ravens would be 10 and seven to end the season, which that's good enough to stay in the playoffs. Do I want the Ravens to go in the playoffs? No, (laughs) but do I see them potentially making the playoffs? Yes. Yeah, I think if if Lamar Jackson does come back, I see them going to the seventh seed. If they if he doesn't, then they're out. It's yeah, it's sort of all that rides on him because I could see them basically trying to carry that dead corpse to playoff to True. the playoffs. If he if he's not back and he's just like I'm just gonna sit out for the rest of the year, which I think he could do, especially if I was in his shoes where you're just going off a contract year. Say you might not feel comfortable about it, then you sit out the rest of the year and. Don't want to resell the team. Wasn't it an elbow injury for Lamar? Was that what it was? Or UCL sprain or something? Um, I think it was something like that. I think it was. I mean, it's, there's been so many injuries this season, it's, it's hard to keep track of them. Uh, Karen says she feels a lot better this week. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Love that. Brian joining the show. He always shows up, except for he hasn't shown up the past few weeks for Out of Bounds. So I'm glad to see him in the comments. Thanks for joining us, Brian. We appreciate it. Um, Karen also says, doesn't even want to talk about the Pats. Uh, terrible game by the Patriots. Not the best. Not the best. But again, I think this year is going to be a down year. We might have a special guest on in just a little bit with a Christmas wish about the Patriots. So um, stay tuned because we have a special guest for that one. Um, Uncle Math says, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. We're talking about the Louisiana LSU. State Tigers, LSU. A little yeah. nod to uh, Coach O there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so the Tigers. It looks like it was a knee injury. Knee injury. Okay, knee injury. So it was a knee injury for, for Lamar. That's going to affect his mobility, too. When he comes back, he's probably not going to be 100%. So uh, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. It's an uphill battle for the, the Baltimore Ravens, which, I mean, it's an uphill battle for several other teams as well. Um I don't believe we'll see two teams from the AFC South making the playoffs. Unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Titans, it's just wishful hoping. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I wish that would be the case too. I, 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 I truly hope that the Titans can prevail in the next three games, at least win two of them to make it to where it's not even as close as it looks like it's going to be when it comes to the Jaguars. Uh, because I don't think the Jaguars will beat the Jets this weekend. I think the Jets will beat the Jaguars this weekend. So that would be one more loss for the Jaguars. And then the Jaguars would win the next game against the Texans. And then hopefully against Tennessee, lose against the Tennessee Titans. But again, it's a lot of speculation. We'll talk more about the Titans situation in just a moment because there's a lot to be said about what's been happening with the Tennessee Titans over the past few weeks. Um, uh, Riding a four-game losing streak. So in that scenario, you have the Ravens. And, I mean, from what we've seen from the Miami Dolphins the past three weeks, they've, they're on a three-game losing streak currently. I like 
the build of the Miami Dolphins more than the Chargers. I think that the defense is a bit better with the Dolphins and the Chargers. So really you have to look at it from a scheduling standpoint. So when it comes to the Chargers, the Chargers will have the Colts a win, the Rams a win, and the Broncos a win. So those three games are going to be what round out the season for the Chargers. And then for the Miami Dolphins, they have some interesting games here. They have the Packers next week, which the Packers are trying to hold on to a playoff spot, or trying to have yeah. hope for a playoff spot this year. Which, you know what sucks? It's in Miami. so That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Um, the Packers at Packers. Uh, no, I'm sorry. At in Patriots Miami. the next week. Oh, um, and then the final week will be the Jets. So that's a game, too, that could be a playoff spot for one of those two teams. So that's going to be difficult for the Miami Dolphins to play, especially with how they've played the past three weeks. Will Tua and, I mean, it's Ty- Tua and Tyreek. That, th- those are the two guys that are leading this team offensively. Tua, Tyreek, and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, and, yeah, Jalen Waddle's been throwing his name in there a little bit, too. <sighs> if, I, if I had to pick one to at least win two games in that stretch, it's going to be the Chargers. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's an uphill battle for the Miami Dolphins, especially with the mindset of losing three straight. Um, not the best place to be for the Dolphins right now. But, I mean, again, we see these other teams, the Patriots, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Raiders. The Jets, I mean, I could see them winning this coming up weekend. Then after that, I mean, can they keep going? Can, can they go in and actually beat the Dolphins the last week of the season? Can they beat the Seattle Seahawks two weeks from tonight? Two weeks from um, the, the second week from this week? Uh, I don't know because Seattle's on a, on a playoff bubble as well. Seattle could potentially make it to a spot in the NFC. They're holding on to dear life to make sure they make the playoffs because they have not been playing the best recently. But um, it's going to be very, very, very tricky for those teams. So if I had to, if someone said, Dylan, you have to pick teams this week, I would say Bills, Chiefs, Bengals. I'm going to put a lot of hope in my team. Titans are going to finish with the AFC South division again at four. I would put the Chargers at five. The Ravens at six. Mm. It would really have to be between, for me, Miami and the Jets. I don't see the Patriots getting in. I don't see the Patriots having a chance. So it would be between those two teams. So, I mean, the guest is chiming in in the comments below in our private chat, and I'm, I'm, I'm tending to lean towards the Dolphins. As of right now, I'll say the Dolphins. Yeah, I think it's going to be rough once they get there because then their first game would be against either Chiefs or Buffalo, depending on who beats it. I think the Bills have the tiebreaker, right? Because that's they face each other, and I'm pretty sure the Bills won. Yeah, so currently they have the tiebreaker. So they're, that's why they're, 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 they're both 11-3. Yeah, so currently they have the tiebreaker. So if they go to Kansas City, I think they're going to lose. If they go to Buffalo, I think they're going to lose. Like. It's sort of like either you win or you get out. I think if they can get up to that sixth spot and face Cincinnati, 
which will probably be that three spot. I think that will probably be their best chance to make it out of the first round. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, before we get going to the NFC, because I want to talk about the Titans real quick first. The Tennessee Titans are on a four-game losing streak. They lost this past weekend to the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. Final score was 17-14. to Within uh, the last few seconds, I think it was eight seconds left on the clock, when Dicker, the kicker, uh, was able to get the kick for the for the Chargers to make it 17-14. to The Tennessee Titans had a slew of injuries this game, which they had a slew of injuries going into this game in the first place. Um, several players out here. Tart was out because his 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 uh, he had his first child, so he went back to Nashville the either the night before the game or the morning of the game. He flew back to Nashville, so he was a, a healthy scratch in this game. They also Danico Autry's been out. Um, they also had not have Traylon Burks. He's been out. So a lot of weapons have been out for this team, and the biggest the biggest cause for concern are injuries that piled up during this game as well. So the main one that happened was Ryan Tannehill, who he's been trying to keep this offense afloat this whole season on bum ankles. Um, but his ankle got even more injured. His right ankle got more injured in this game. He went down, actually got walked off the field. He, he with help with uh, assistance from the training staff to the blue tent then got carted from the field to the locker room to get his leg checked on. That's when Malik Willis came in for a drive. Didn't look too bad, but didn't really do much. Got two first downs, and then they had to punt. Um, Ryan Tannehill did come back, come back in this game, though, and he did make it a game towards the end of the, of the, the game. He, he did score a game-tying touchdown that led to the 14-14 um, with less than a minute left to go in the game. I think it was 48 seconds left to go in the game. Too much time for the Chargers, essentially, to to make sure that you would win that game. But these are some other players that went down with injury as well. And again, we had a depleted team in the first place, Zach Cunningham to Nico Autry. Nico Autry has seemed to be the catalyst for this pass rush for quite some time, although the Titans did have uh, several takeaways this game. Um, they had two interceptions, which one was an Ali Upin's interception. I don't know if you saw that play. Yeah, I did. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. A very, very high football IQ play um, by by the rookie Roger McCreary, throwing it to Joshua Kalu in the end zone, tapped his feet down, and it was an intercept. It was incredible um, to end the first half, and that made it to where it was still 7-7 going into the half. But Ryan Tannehill went down with an injury. Dylan Cole, which was a replacement for Zach Cunningham, went down with an injury. Terrence Mitchell, who is a corner that I have been yelling at all week, all season anyway. So I was, I mean, uh, of course I want him to feel better. I want him to be better, but I was kind of happy he was off the field. Dylan Radens, who left tackle, came into the game. Dennis Daly had not been cutting it the past few weeks, has been one of the worst, if not the worst tackles in the National Football League this season. Um, they decided to make it to where they, this is a very interesting concept by Mike Rabel and the offensive staff. They decided to make it to where Dennis Daly started the game in the first quarter. And then after the first quarter ended, they put in Dylan Radens. They were going to play Dylan Radens for the second quarter and whoever played best between those two in the first half of the game got to play the full second half. That, that sounds like CUSC football. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds more like a college football personnel decision. 
instead of a National Football League decision. It's a decision, in my opinion. I, I think that for some reason, I don't know if Dennis Daly has blackmail on someone on the coaching staff. I don't know if if he's related to somebody. I'm not sure. But it sounds like Dennis Daly is in someone's back pocket to where they just say, you know what? You'll, you'll be our left tackle moving forward, regardless. Um, I'm glad they started doing something about it. I'm glad they decided to have some sort of change, at least. Which, we'll talk about their numbers in just a moment from Pro Football Focus. Um, other players, Andrew Adams acquired this season um, via trade, I believe, or practice squad. I'm not sure. Got, he got picked up, though. He was injured with a, a wrist injury. I believe he came back to practice today. Josh Thompson, another DB that went down, that came off of um, a practice squad this past week, got signed to the active roster, got injured. Nate Davis, right guard, got injured. And Jack Gibbons, another replacement linebacker, got injured. So that's just added to the list of injuries we've had. Then you also think about the other injuries that are out there with Christian Fulton, our starting corner. You had Ben Jones, who actually had a concussion in this game which no one knew about. I, I don't know if it was just not seen during the game. I'm not sure if it's lingering from his other concussion he had earlier, um, but he had a concussion, it sounds like. He's on the injury report today. Um, you also had Danico Autry still, Trey Avery with a concussion. He's still been out in the concussion protocol. Positive news for the Titans, Traylon Burks has come back. Um, he was a full participant today in practice. He still is in concussion protocol, I believe. They haven't said he's come out of concussion protocol, but it has listed him as a full participant today. So that's a good thing for the Titans squad going into this game this weekend against the Texans. But injuries have been piling up. You also think about the offensive coordinator, the play calling in the second half of this game against the Chargers. They had The Titans had this game in the palm of their hands. They had it in the palm of their hands, and they let it slip away. There were two third-and-two scenarios in this play, in, in this game, that occurred for the Tennessee Titans. Guess who was not on the field for those two third-and-two scenarios for the Tennessee Titans? Uh, one of the greatest running backs in the modern era. Yes. Yes. Derrick Henry was out. He was not on the field for those third and twos. I don't know what you're referring to. Um, I'm sorry. I'm talking to the guest. But he was off the field for those third and twos. Derrick Henry had 104 rushing yards in this game. With 19 carries, I believe it was. 19 carries in this game, 104 yards, and you lose the game 17 to 14. First of all, if you th- if you had that much success on that limited scope, why did you not let Derrick Henry run it 25 times, 30 times? You had a, a, a Ryan Tannehill on bum ankles. You had a depleted offensive line. And you decided to go to the passing game when uh, obviously you have no weapons other than Chig Okonkwo, which he's been playing lights out. It's just... Absolutely ridiculous the way they've been playing on offense. The defense has the defense has played admirably, especially with the 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 injury list that I read off to you just a moment ago. They are depleted on the defensive side of the ball. They talk about injuries for the offensive side of the ball left and right, saying that oh well he doesn't have the personnel to do this blah blah blah. Well, guess what? Shane Bowen is in the same boat, and he's been able to scheme around those injuries. He's been able to to fill the voids where he needs to fill 
to be successful on the defensive side of the ball. They're still averaging, they're still allowing less than 20 points a game this season. The defense is. And the Titans are still losing games? They've lost four in a row? Uncalled for. Uncalled for. Um, I think that it's ridiculous that the offenses play this way. I think it's ridiculous Todd Downing is still in charge of the play calling, although Mike Vrabel tried to fall on the sword for his offensive coordinator this week, saying that he's responsible for every play call that goes into the game. However, I think that's just a cop-out. I think that's just a scenario where I, he did have, he did say a little bit this week, saying that it wasn't the play calling wasn't good enough. The offensive play calling wasn't good enough when asked about Todd Downing. But then he quickly shifted the conversation to say, I am responsible for the play calls going into the game. So it's starting to creep in. And you didn't hear a lot about, oh, it's, it's all execution. The players need to execute. We have a good plan. The players need to execute the plan. You didn't really hear that from Mike Vrabel the past two days during his press conferences. You've heard play calling needs to be addressed. Which is a good thing. I guess it's a step in the right direction, but it shouldn't have taken a four-game losing streak to lead to that point. Um, Karen chiming in, saying that she wanted to wish a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. Same to you, Karen. Thank you for, once again for joining us, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to join us tomorrow night for Puck Off as well, our Christmas show for the Puck Off. Um, Uncle Math chiming in, saying the Texans are just a bunch of <laughs> shirt rippers. Hopefully the Titans can kill them dead. Um, I think I know who that is. And yes, um, Uncle Math, I, I do agree that they should, um, they should, or they'll cut off their big toes. That's what they'll do. I so. think they're already dead. So yeah, they are, they are pretty dead. But if you don't know the reference to that, that is Kung Pao Into the Fist. If you haven't seen that movie before, Tyler, you are quite young, so you probably have not. You should watch it because it's very, very good. It's, um, it's like a Kung Fu movie. They use old film, but they dub it, dub it over early 2000s. It was fantastic movie you need to watch it. it's funny um anyway so that's happening in the afc nfc side let's look at the teams that are on the bubble buccaneers giants and washington they've already locked up the first four spots cowboys niners vikings and eagles are already in so all they're worrying about in this is the wild card teams which well and, and very NFC tight south. and dry and the nfc south too because the nfc south sucks um Let's look at these teams and see what's going to happen here. So with the Buccaneers, Giants, Washington, what are your thoughts about these teams and who do you think could overtake one of those positions? I don't, this is going to sound bad. I want the Panthers to make the playoffs to win the NFC South. And they can. They Anybody in the NFC South can win it. If the Panthers win it, I think it would just be a, the biggest just – joke ever um i want the one thing though is i do want buccaneers to win it just for the whole taylor heineke revenge game to come back so if they do make it i want washington to be seven i don't think the only thing i'd really say want out of it is probably the giants i think they've just sort of been riding the coattails with saquon barkley this past year so far because it's that's he's really been their only offensive piece obviously once he gets going then daniel jones can get going but it's sort of been like okay now we've understood it's just saquon for the offense um but yeah i i think the nfc is sort of how it's going to be stayed for the rest of the time for the rest of the season i don't think there's really any big changes unless the lions and the packers can go and run i don't see seattle really making it 
Um, I think I, I could see Detroit making it, but I think even then, I think it's going to be a long stretch. Detroit's interesting. I think Detroit does have a shot at making it, and they have a better shot than the Green Bay Packers currently. Oh, yeah. The last three games... Oh, am I here? Yes. I'm yeah, here. you're here. Um, the last three games of the season for them, they have the Panthers, at the Panthers, then against the Bears, and then at the Packers. So that Packers game could actually be a win and in playoff scenario for both teams. Yes. Yes, it could. Could be. Could be. So do I see Detroit making it? I mean, beating the Panthers, it's not necessarily a, a, a stretch to say that the Lions are going to beat the, the Panthers, no. especially after being the Jets, after being the Vikings. Um, they've won six of their last seven. They started the season one in six. The Detroit Lions, one in six, and they've come to seven and seven. Uh, you, know who's, you want to know what team they started this whole run on? The Green Bay Packers. Mm. It all comes full circle. Last game of the year, Green Bay Packers are going to beat the Detroit Lions to make it to the make it to the world, make it to the playoffs, and then lose in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, if you're looking at the Packers and the Lions. First round of the playoffs would be currently would be, against the Eagles. No, Eagles are no one. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Vikings. But the Vikings so, oh currently, yeah, Vikings. depending on if the Niners scoot up at all, which not sure. Brock Purdy can keep the magic going for three more games. I have a, I have a when we get to the when we get to the recap, I have a proposition for the 49ers. So Okay. Um so Lions are an interesting interesting scenario. Giants are just skidding. Yeah. Just skidding. I, I, I do want to bring this up again. If you haven't done so already, go to the chat at the top of the chat on Twitch, on YouTube, and on Facebook. You can click on my tweet that I had today talking about this, uh, talking about um, one Christmas wish that you would hope for your team um, going into the holiday season. If you were granted one Christmas wish for your favorite NFL team this season, what would it be? Go there, comment, because I'd love to get your thoughts. But one of the comments I had, Tommy Amato on Twitter said, a healthy OBJ on the Giants. And that's something that they would really need. Oh, yeah. I mean, really need. The thing is, though, like we talked about last week, is OBJ healthy enough to actually come back now? And I don't think he is. So he wouldn't be helping you the next three games. He'd be helping you in the playoffs if you get there. So, Saquon and Daniel Jones. And Saquon, when's the last time you ran for 100 yards? Saquon ran for 70 yards this week. About 70 yards this week. So, they're not really utilizing him in the run in the run game. They're trying to force Daniel Jones to throw the ball a bit more, which that's a coaching decision that I don't necessarily agree with. Especially, uh, I know that Brian Dable wanted to, you know, kind of be like a Buffalo Bills type team, especially coming from that system. But I don't understand why you're not utilizing one of the best running backs in the NFL and Saquon Barkley more often. I know that he's injury prone, which at this point in the season, they've gone 14 weeks without him getting injured. So at this point, run him, run him. So, yeah, so his last 100 game was against Houston where he got 35 touches for 152 yards and one touchdown. 
And then each game after that, he's gotten 15, 11, 18, 9, and 18 attempts. And that's the thing. I mean, when are you going to use him? If you're not giving him the ball more than 15 times a game, at what point do you say, you know what, now we can start using Saquon and using his legs? I think if – what are the Giants' last three? Because I think the Giants have – what do they have? So they have Vikings, Colts, and Eagles as their last three. They could easily go one and two in that stretch. They easily could. I think if I think yeah. the Colts are an easy win. I think at this point the Colts are saying let's let's lose out. This is gonna be a thing. I know the Colts are saying let's lose out. I could see them also going two and one. That Vikings defense looks garbage. When Jonathan Taylor was healthy last before he got injured, they couldn't stop him. Yeah. You say Quan you say Quan this week against the Minnesota Vikings, that defense looks like looks like crap. Like obviously they can get to they can get to the rusher, they can get to the quarterback fairly well because they do have Z and they do have Is it Daniel Hunter that's still there? That's their like main pass rusher. I don't even remember. Something like that. Hmm. But um, they still get there. I think, I think it is. It. He's been in there forever. It seems like. Um, but you still have one of the better pass rushes, but they just can't stop the run. It seems like and they can't stop the pass if you get it off quick. Mm. So I think if I'm the Giants, I think I use Saquon then because you still don't really have a wide receiver. Like you got you got Jim from accounting as your wide receiver. <laughs> so like yeah. you might as well just use Saquon then try to get a win. Obviously against Colts, you can sort of rush people. I think they're looking to lose out. I think then you can use the pass and against the Eagles. I don't think that's a, I don't think you win that game no matter what you try out there. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um Yeah, for me when it comes to the NFC, I think that again, the top 4, I, I don't really see much shifting. I could see the Vikings giving up the 2 seed and having the Niners bump up to the 2 seed, but I think that's about it. Um when it comes to the teams that are on the bubble, Buccaneers, I mean, looking at that division, Buccaneers, Carolina, the Saints, and also the Falcons, too. Um, Can I wait? <laughs> yeah, which I mean, that's that, that would be a miracle if the Falcons made it to the playoffs because they have the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. I mean, they don't have a hard schedule by any stretch of the imagination, and they've kept it close in games. However, that was when Marcus Mariota was playing, not when Desmond Ritter was playing. And the Saints aren't world beaters, and they just lost to the Saints um, by three points. So, in that scenario, I, I think that I don't see the Falcons making it. With the Saints, they don't have that hard a schedule either. But again, it could go either way. Um, the Browns, which, uh, depending on who they see it at quarterback with Deshaun Watson, which Deshaun Watson they're going to be seeing, um, it could be an interesting game. Then you have the Eagles, which that could be a loss, regardless if it's Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts. Um, and the Panthers, I mean, that could be, again, that's in a scenario where it could be a potential division-winning game, um, which I don't think it's going to be. Then you have the Buccaneers, which they've just been kind of putting along this season in the in the you know driver's seat for the the division. They have the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons. So they have a very easy schedule to end the year. Um, I just don't see the Buccaneers giving up that spot. So I think the Buccaneers will stay in. I think that the... I think Washington stays in as well at the sixth seed. 
if the Giants keep playing the way they are and the Lions keep playing the way they are, I could see the Lions getting that seventh seed. Yeah, I could. And if this is another thing, too. If the Buccaneers do make the four seed, I could easily see them being the worst team to make the Super Bowl, too. Because they would face they would face Dallas, which Dallas has been looking sort of iffy as of recent, especially with their defense. Then they would probably face they would probably face if I I would probably pick Vikings to lose first. So they would probably face either the Giants or Washington, whoever they would face if those two are or Detroit. I could see them beating one of those three, and then they would probably face the Eagles in the championship game. And I could see them beating the Eagles. And this kind of goes to the Christmas wish, which we'll talk about in just a second with our guest that's in the green room that's been patiently waiting to join the show. Um, When it comes to the Buccaneers and that Christmas wish that they so desperately want this year, I think Tom Brady's Christmas wish is getting Rob Gronkowski back. Get Rob. If you get right, if you show, if you can win the division, if you win the division in the next two weeks, and then call up Rob. You're telling me Rob Gronkowski would say no? You're telling me Rob Gronkowski would just stay on the couch instead of playing football with one of his best friends? I mean, win an easy ring, potentially, at that point. I mean, that's what Tom's going to say. I don't know. necessarily think it's going to be an easy win, especially when you have to go up against either the 49ers or the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think that would be a good move by them. I think that Rob Gronkowski would love to come back, play one more time with, with Tom, have, a, have another playoff celebration, potentially make it an interesting one if they get to the NFC Championship game. Um, but who knows? Something could happen with Rob Gronkowski playing on the Buccaneers. We, we could see, I could see that happening and, and being quite successful. Um, so let's move on. To our guest, our guest joining us this evening is co-host of What's Brewing and also Puck Off. It is none other than JDF Sports's Chris Nosick. How we doing? Good. Nice visible so, jersey. Yes, it's, it's that's actually a custom one. Oh well, but the number's the same. I'll, I'll take I'll I'll take that though. We'll fuck with you <laughs> You were coming on. You were wanting to talk about your Christmas wish for the for the New England well, Patriots this year. So what you were just talking about made me uh, have have one just as a general football fan. Okay. Uh, I would love to see in the offseason Brady sign with San Francisco as they look to develop another young quarterback and they move on from Jimmy G. Because obviously he wants to go to the Bay Area at some point anyway. So that would be funny. Jimmy G then moves on. Um. It, it would just be funny. That's all. Tyler, don't worry about shaking your head no. All I'm saying is it would be funny as hell. All right? Whatever. The, the biggest thing is that, that that quarterback room, now that we've seen Brock Purdy play too, that quarterback room is pretty stacked. Yeah. Well, listen, I, don't know if they, I don't know if they feel as though they need Tom Brady. That's the thing. Especially oh, a, How do you not 40? bring him in? If he's willing to come in on cheap money, like semi-cheap money for who he is, and lead that quarterback room... And you move on from Jimmy G because they're looking to do that. Um, how do you not do that? Tom Brady will be Trey, 46 Trey Lance, years Trey old. Trey Lance won't be healthy going into next season. And it more than likely. And you still don't know what the hell he really is. It it makes some sense. Tom so, Brady will be 46-year-old yes. heading into the season next year. So what? Six to learn rings. a new system 
in San Francisco. No, you don't bring Brady in to teach him a new system. You bring Brady in to say, how do we win? This what do we do next? Goes. That's what I, you bring him in for. I think uh, I think a rock could run the could run the San Francisco system. They have so many good players that it's literally and why and how is it not appealing for him to want to go there? You just got Christian McCaffrey, oh, and it's, it's your hometown, and it's sure his hometown it's, I mean, yeah, close to his parents who are who, who are getting up there in age. But again, like, it, how appealing is it to San Fran and especially with Kyle Shanahan? Because you know how how much Kyle Shanahan wants to have his hand in the offense, how, how he wants to run his offense the way that he does. I mean, Tom Brady's not a mobile quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And that's no, what he's looking Jimmy for. Jimmy G ain't exactly a gazelle out there himself. Well, he's not. But, I mean, I, I think that th- that's why he was leaning he towards Trey Lance to begin this season in the first place. He was saying, Jimmy D, we're done because we want a quarterback like Trey Lance to take the helm. Anyway, uh, the other um, thing I was going to tell you is Detroit is actually going to make the playoffs. Okay. Detroit will make the playoffs. Um, especially over Green Bay. Sorry, oh, yeah. Tyler. I don't want. I don't want us to make the playoffs. Yeah, it. We need um, a wake up call for the for the organization if they don't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, one hundred. They, they play. They play Carolina and Chicago next in the next two weeks, and all they have right now is nothing but confidence. They they go and they play Carolina. That is a very winnable game for them, as is playing at home against the Bears, an even more winnable game. And then now you're riding, what is it, a nine-game win streak going into the final game of the season? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I, against against the Packers? Oh, they want that game bad. They want that game bad. And now you have a young team that's starting to buy into their coach. They're starting to believe they have a lot of talent and speed on offense. And also, too, if Green Bay at that point has been eliminated from the playoffs, what Aaron Rodgers has for? come out to say that if he's not math, if they're not mathematically in it, to win, then he would probably step back and yeah. let Jordan Love play. So, so that makes that even Jordan more of a winnable well. game. So now you're talking about basically winning out. What is that? Well, that would be what? 12 wins in a row? That would be, well, they lost to Buffalo. So that would be. Okay. So what? 11 of the so last 12? So be but 11 six. of the last 12? Yeah. Because they started 0 and 6, right? I started or one and one six. and seven. So one and six. The first game was against the Packers on November sixth, which was week nine, I think. Right. So they were what one and six. One to and start six the season, and now game. they're seven and seven. Yes. Yeah, they started one and six, and now they're seven and seven. Yeah. So they've won five of their last six, and six that means the they seven. will six of their. <laughs> shut up. Six <laughs> of their last. Listen, I, all right. Let's shut. Up. Up, all right. <laughs> it was a 12 and a half hour work day for me today. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So hush. Uh, but yeah, six of the last seven, and then you tack on three more, making that nine of their last ten or ten of their last eleven or whatever. Like that team. Yeah. yeah. Shut up. <laughs> that team going I'll, into the I'll playoffs. Do the math here. Is, nine of their last thanks. ten, they would have won if they do win our next. Listen, games. all right, it, it's as effective as the Patriots getting a play call to the fucking huddle, okay? Mm. It's um, just not happening. We do have a wish in, in the comments from Tim Ryan. Tim and I worked at Disney together, so good to see you in the comments there, Tim. Wish the Cowboys collapse and miss the playoffs and the Steelers to find an OC. <laughs> uh, Cowboys are in the playoffs. They have clinched, so unfortunately they will not uh, miss the playoffs. Listen, don't talk but to me about wanting an OC, all right? 
They Don't talk to collapse. me about wanting an offensive coordinator. There are a lot of teams that want offensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Patriots want one. We could Titans have a rock really be one. an offensive coordinator and be more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Which is even more mind-boggling to me. The Titans actually have an OC that Mike Vrabel wanted two years ago on their staff today. And they still have not made the change from Todd Downing. That, 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 that's baffling to me. Baffling Does he know me. how a quarterback throws a football? Yes. He's Who a step up from what we've got. Mm. Well, Todd Downing doesn't. Todd Downing, uh, I don't know what Todd Downing's doing. Listen, um, I would be a step up from Matt Patricia. Yeah. I mean, Matt Patricia's not an offensive coordinator. No. no he's, he's not. He's a defensive no. coordinator. Barely. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick was holding his hand the entire fucking time as he was a defensive coordinator. Well, because not, look, look, look what not, happened when he went to coordinator, Detroit. So I don't think he would be no, doing the same thing no, as but, defensive coordinator because obviously God, he's not no. doing it now. No. It, Honestly, as, a, this, as a Patriots fan, what is your wish? <laughs> I wish they forgot how lateral worked. Well, <laughs> tell that Jacoby worry, Jacoby Myers, okay? <laughs> it's not, it wasn't the team. Jacoby Myers put that on his shoulders. He said, I wanted to make a play for the team, and I just threw it to the wrong Jones. Yeah, no. Uh, they're all playing. It was this also Ramondre Stevenson's first, in my opinion. It they're all playing this game of if we all take the blame, then we all get equally fucked. If you were the Patriots and you were up twenty, you were tied twenty four twenty four in the fourth quarter, and you gave the ball to Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson, would you kneel it? Would you just yeah. go overtime? Yes. Your okay. defense was playing well. I, I, Tyler, I, would you just I, go overtime? I didn't see a lot of the game because I was at work, but the defense has been playing very well all season. Well, they, still so you, gave, you, they still gave up twenty four points, but would I mean would you still just knee the ball and go to overtime? I would have taken I, a shot to the end zone. I was just taking a shot. Might as well. Might as well. And and, as well. and Bill's excuse was it was a sixty yard pass. It was it was too far. I don't care. I don't even care if you have fucking a dog throw the football. If it goes five yards, guess what? You're going overtime. If it goes 50 yards, you're going overtime. It gives you the entire fucking field to stop them from scoring. And let and, Mac and, and Jones... you know what? I'm not even upset at the draw play call. Like, fine. Guess what? He got, what, 27 yards before anything happened? 30 some odd yards? Like, that was a good play call. And then the lateral happened. Mm. And, and I mean, you could see, see the shit stain running down their legs. And that all comes down to coaching. So can we please get a fucking coach on the offensive side of the ball? Well, yeah. That might be a good thing for you guys. Um, and it's not working out very well in Las Vegas either for your former offensive coordinator. So. No. No. Which led to Mac Jones having one of you know, a, a pretty good rookie campaign last year. Yeah. He's in Vegas with that yeah. shit storm. Um, let's look at some other uh, tweets that I received today with Christmas wishes. One, um, once again, Tommy Motto saying a healthy OBJ to the Giants. Don't think that's going to happen, though. Um, no, I, I doubt Ryan, OBJ plays this year. Ryan, a Colts fan, just sent me a lot of ha-ha-ha-ha-has. And said so I couldn't even begin because of what happened with the Colts this weekend, losing <laughs> in grand fashion, thirty six thirty three, after leading that game, thirty three to zero at the half. 
Not a very good scenario for the Colts there. And Jeff Saturday, when, who when is, did not When have is Matt lead. Ryan going to realize that when you have a 30-point lead, it's okay to run the football? Well, it's a 28-plus point lead. I don't care. Um, because 28, 28 rounds to, to 30, 30, genius. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying it was 28-3. to three in the Right, which should be a 25-point lead because I can math too. Well, are you sure about that? Three is just, no. No, he can't. <laughs> no. Um, Find out tomorrow on Puck Off, Tyler. Hey, Big I got bowling, so. Big CTV says a better head coach for the Bucks, which Todd Bowles, we kind of talked about on the show. Todd Bowles was kind of given that, given that position. I don't think Todd Bowles has been the biggest issue for Tampa Bay. No, I I don't think Todd Bowles is the reason they're where they're at. And I wouldn't put it on a forty-five-year-old Tom Brady either. I I think they've just had a lot of shit to deal with. I put it on that offensive line. Because they yeah. can't stop a paperback. Well, again, though, you, that, there there are ways to overcome, especially when you have receivers like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to yeah, overcome. They've had a some injuries in the receiving core this line. year too. They have, injuries. but there have been plenty of games where Mike Evans and or Chris Godwin I, have been in there. I, I, I don't think I don't think either one are fully healthy. I, I think Mike Evans is probably pushing like seventy five percent most of the season. Do you still think Tom Brady could take a three step drop and throw it to Chris Godwin or Mike Evans and get it out of his hands that quickly? No. And then be open, no. On a slant, you don't think so? No, no. not you if give there's one that, of those wide if, receivers a chance to to run a slant in front of Tom Brady. Not if they're not healthy, because in a skill position like that, you've got to be able to to get, get off stuff. the line quick. You've got to be able to, you know, have quickness. And if they're not healthy, then they're not going to have that quickness and elusiveness. And if you can't break free from the defensive back, then it's, yeah, it's one-on-one. And they might be able to catch it, but they're not going anywhere with it. And if you look at, if you, if you look at the bread and butter of what Brady's success was, especially here in New England, even what he has had in Tampa, it's the short, exactly what you're talking about, those short passes, but it's the yards after the catch. That's what Julian Edelman excelled in. That's what Wes Welker excelled in. And that is how they got those chunk plays because when you had a guy with quickness off the line, they catch the five yard out the, the, the five to seven yard ball. And then they take it for another 20. Hmm. And if the wide receiver's not healthy, you take it for seven and you're done. You catch it for five and you're done. And if you miss one, well now you're at third and five and you've got to hit the next one or you're punting. Uh, Brian is chiming in in the comments saying that he wishes for the firing of Joe Barry from the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. Let's there. get that. Let's get the Wisconsin defensive coordinator up here. Is he? Can, talk, does he know anything about here. offense? No, no. He, he's a defensive, he's a defensive coordinator. coordinator. So uh, th- I, that would actually be the perfect hire for Bill Belichick at this point. Yeah, exactly. Hiring a defensive coordinator to be the offensive coordinator for its team next year. So we could probably see that happen. Um, oh Uncle God. Math. Saying, uh, have a good night. You as well, sir. Another reference to Kung Pao. Again, Tyler, that's your assignment this week. Watch Kung Pao. Um, last but not least, Sean Militello from off the dome pops in saying, wishing my Saints would be sitting first place in the NFC South right now. Mm, and that doesn't even sound like be. an extreme <laughs> wish as it should be because everyone is losing, has a losing record in the NFC South currently. If I'm the Saints, I throw in, Jam- I throw in Jameis Winston. Who's been their quarterback the past few weeks? Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, at this point, hurt. at this can't point, hurt. throw him in. Try try and reinvigorate the offense somehow. It can't hurt. What are you yeah. going to do? Miss the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. 
It's going to happen anyway. Mr. 3030. Yeah. Put him in. Um, hey, that means touchdowns, man. Yeah, it does. Touchdowns lead to wins. I would say, so what was your Christmas wish? Did you ever give one, Tyler? No, I agree with Brian, though. Fire Joe Barry and get that the Wisconsin's defensive coordinator, which was I got I can't remember his name. Uh, it was Jim Leinhard. Okay. Get him. Okay. Hmm. Um, my Christmas wish for the Titans would have to be get Dennis Daly the hell out of the game. Just get rid of him. He's not doing anything good for you. If you look at the numbers from this past week against the Chargers, Dennis uh, Dennis Daly played the majority of the game because of Dylan Radens playing for 15 snaps and then going down with an injury in the second quarter. But in those 15 snaps, do you know what he graded out at? 83.2 was his grade as an offensive tackle this weekend, giving up zero sacks and zero pressures. Dennis Daly having about 40-ish, 40-ish snaps as left tackle in this game, graded out at a 60.3 with one sack given up and three pressures given up. And this is not something that's like new. This is not a new stat line for Dennis Daly. Again, he has been grading out as one of the worst, if not the worst, left tackles in the game of football this year. So get rid of Dennis Daly. The good thing is the Titans have signed to, or we're looking at, or signed two um, tackles to their practice squad today. So hopefully they are better than Dennis Daly because I think anything that you put out there at left tackle would be better than Dennis Daly moving forward. You want to throw Matt Patricia out there? No, I mean you can try. Uh, I mean he would clog the whole. I mean he would clog. I'll do a one for one swap. Uh, At least your tackle knows something about offense. Uh, Doesn't know much. Doesn't no, but neither he knows more than Patricia. Uh, maybe. Um, and my him, secondary wish would be get rid of Todd Downing move. this week, and don't don't even get rid of him. Just let him stay on the uh, on. Let him stay on the sideline as your offensive coordinator, but cut his headset. Make it. Make him yes. think that he's talking <laughs> to the quarterback to in his headset, too? but he doesn't hear anybody. He's like, oh, uh, right, "Did you hear me? Did you did you hear my play call?" Can we, and then just can let we, him stay on the sideline, confused for sixty minutes, and let Tim Kelly call the plays instead. Can we That's do that? I think they for, should do for Matt Patricia too. Give him sure. like a McDonald's menu and just like have him look like he's doing something. Yep. Yep. The Peter Griffin meme. Just give him a Denny's menu. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's my Christmas wish for the Titans. Um, so speaking of the recap, the biggest the biggest storyline coming out of this week um, was the Shut up. devastating loss. Shut up. We don't talk about that. No, no, no. Not for you guys. Colts. For the Colts. No, no, no. Ours the Colts played. There's actually a playoff implications to it. Well, um, the Colts played the, what was it, the second game on Saturday? First. Was it the first? First. The first, first game on the Saturday. Vikings versus Colts at Colts, right? At Vikings. At, Vikings. at Minnesota. It was in I'm Minnesota. Um, at Vikings. Hey, I can't math. I was either, listening to it on the car, in the car. I was listening to it in the car when we were driving down to Georgia to go see some family. See, um, this is the one thing I got to say. I could not listen to it because I'm not in the area that was allowed to listen to it on the radio. I was listening to Sirius XM, so that's the reason why. I oh, I was listening to it to tune in, so. Mm, but I have yeah, tune in premium. But for some I, reason, I was working. Hmm. 
Um, but I was also working, so. just to hear how dejected, because I was listening to the Viking stream, just to hear how dejected they sounded going into the first, like the end of the first half, saying, Which, yeah. what are we doing? What is happening right now? What is going on? Like, Listen, it, it just, do, do you was, want to know what was said in that locker room going into the second half? Very simple. We've come back almost every game this year and 28 to three. We can do it ourselves. Yep. And Period. look at the quarterback that's on the other, other sideline. It's yep. Matt Ryan who gave 28 up that to 28 three. to three. 28 yep. to three. That's it. That's all you have to say. 28 so, to three. This quarterback, can we can do it again. And it's what we've done all year. We know what so we're Vikings doing. So Vikings came do back. It. Vikings came back, scored 33 straight points unanswered, and then scored three points in overtime to win 36 to 33. So in this scenario, it is the largest comeback in NFL history. Do you think Jeff Saturday was a good hire by the Colts at this point? Did you also see his other stat too? No. So in the second, I think, I don't remember where I saw it. I saw this after the game, but in the second half, Jeff Saturday versus opposing teams, opposing teams have scored like a hundred and something points on him and he scored six. Can we trade Matt Patricia for Jeff Saturday as coordinator? <laughs> I mean, he scored be six a, points. That's progress. He'd probably be in a better. I mean, even though he wouldn't be that good, he would be maybe a little bit better than. Uh, First Matt of all, Patricia he wouldn't have all the responsibilities as a head coach. Yeah, true, and that's the biggest thing. I think that's the reason why. Second Matt of all, he would know how anyway. offensive line blocking would work. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Mac Jones wouldn't be rushed as much or on his ass so much. I mean, the biggest thing is also another piece of Colts news. Jonathan Taylor went to IR today as well. Yeah. So Jonathan Taylor's done for the season. You're starting running back. Not good. Not good. But when it comes to Jeff Saturday, I also sit there and I go, I I think he'll start to figure it out a little bit. Like, keep in mind how he was hired. It was literally, uh, we need somebody. How about you? You go do it. I think he was in. A, he was put in a put into a position to fail. Oh, absolutely. That's my That's point. That's what he was, and That's I think my that, point. So I can't say he was a terrible hire because it, it, the guy's never coached before. I know well, it was a terrible. It was it, a it terrible decision. It was a terrible decision count. by the owner. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a bad hire. It was a terrible decision by the owner. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the that's the right way to put it. If he came in as like a a special O-line. assistant to the head coach or an O-line coach or something, great. I get that because he, he's he's been in the rooms before. He's been – he's coached a little bit, maybe not in the NFL, but a little bit outside of that, so he has some knowledge. But just putting all of that on his shoulders to begin with, it's just it, – it's that's way too much to just jump in head first into a head coaching role where you've never coached the NFL before, just played there. It's completely. It's just two completely different worlds, and so I think at the end of the day, he was put in a position to fail, and Jim Irsay knew that. I think that he did that, knowing yeah, but you've also that you got to remember have... that, that Jeff Saturday is like he's a legend in that organization. Oh yeah, for sure. So for sure. like, if you're going to go down in a pile of flaming dog shit, at least enjoy the ride, and at least have a ride that's gonna make money for your pocket. And oh, yeah, that's ruin what he the, did. Ruin the confidence of one of your all-time greats. That's that's Would, a good idea by the Colts. I mean, 
his playing days are over, and at the end of the day, all you have to do is go, you know what, uh, we're going to move you to a coordinator role, to a special assistant role. We're going to bury you in the front office, pay you a lot of money, don't complain, just shut up, and um, just go around, smile, and kiss some babies. Yeah. Um, and then no one cares. Then no one cares. Yeah. Um, anything else? Um, Tyler, do you want to bring up before we uh, wrapped up tonight? That was one of the biggest pieces of news. I mean, yeah. we did talk about the playoffs already and where they stand, but um, anything else you want to uh, bring up? I mean, the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. 49ers are good, even with Brock Purdy. Like you were saying, put any quarterback there that's competent, and you can still win games. Yeah, I think they're – I think – in the NFC, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl or win the NFC North or not. The championship. Win the NFC the yes, championship conference. Yep. Words so, are so who are they beating in the conference final? It's going to be them and probably the Buccaneers for some reason. Because the Buccaneers are going to probably face the Giants. Or yeah, actually, no, well they're going to face the Cowboys. Sorry, they're going to face the Cowboys that, that are sitting at five right now. They're going to beat the Cowboys because the Cowboys are faltering it with their defense. Then they're going to face probably Washington, I would say. That's probably who they're going to face. Washington will probably lose. Obviously, I hope Taylor Heineke has his revenge game, and then they'll face the Eagles in the championship spot. And I think Brady will have – we'll look at the Philadelphia Eagles, look at, look, at, um, look at the statue that's outside of Lincoln Financial Field, have that – and just to have fire in his eyes. Brian thinks it's going to be the Eagles in the championship. I'm assuming against the Niners. That's what he's he's putting in the comments here. Um, it, it, it's very hard for me to say the Buccaneers are going to make it to the NFC championship. Game. Yeah. That's I, mean, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's I get them. what you're saying, though, Tyler. I, do I, I really, do really do. Because of all the times where you've looked at it and you went – I, this might be the time for Brady that it just doesn't happen, and then yes. it fucking happens again. Yeah, so exactly. like you've learned not to bet against him. But, but being a fan uh, of the team that that ended his career in New England, I can say that Tom Brady could not make it, and I, I just don't think that in this scenario, if you are, I mean, eventually he'll have to play either the the Eagles or the Niners. I, I will. Eventually. I will say this though: at, at a certain point, I don't think Brady gives a flying fuck about the regular season. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, as like, long as he, as long as they get to the get to the playoffs, and that's, he that's is the, the Tampa Bay Lightning of the NFL solely by himself. Yeah, yeah. like period. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I could see him making some noise in the playoffs, but I, I just don't know about the champ. I don't think they're going to make the championship game. I, I'm, I'm more likely, more than likely, it's going to be the Eagles and the Niners, except for the fact that if Jalen Hurts does go back into the game, gets re-injured, gets injured even more than he is already. Yeah, but let's not forget, Minshew can bad. play. Minshew can play, but can he lead someone? Can it be a Nick Foles scenario? Carson yes. Wentz, Nick Foles scenario with Gardner Minshew. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Carson Wentz-esque where Carson Wentz completely just... Well, yeah, when Carson Wentz got confidence. hurt, it, it, it wasn't just his confidence. He just started to suck. 
and then yeah. his confidence snowballed, and then it just became can't play worth a dog shit. Well, with Carson Wentz, he got injured, and then Nick Foles came in. It wasn't necessarily right. It wasn't because he was playing bad that he got benched. No, he got benched because he got injured. He got and that's when Nick the... Foles came in. So in this scenario, right. Jalen Hurts gets injured even more than he is currently. Right. And then Gardner Minshew comes in and acts as the Nick Foles, the Nick Foles in this scenario. Right, but the the, dif- the difference being though, if and when hurt Jalen Hurts gets healthy, you know he's going back in. You know yeah. the situation and the issue and the thing right now with with Philly is they're what fourteen games, so there's what four more weeks left total. Three, and three, three more. So I'm sorry, three more weeks left plus potentially three weeks in the playoffs. So six weeks total. There were over six weeks for Nick Foles in the regular season. So even if you go four straight weeks and Minshew wins all four, you can still justify going back to your starting quarterback because there's two weeks left, period. End of story. You go back to your starting quarterback. If you're in week, I think it was like week six when Wentz got hurt. I could be wrong. Tyler, if you can verify that for me. I want to say it was like week five, six, or seven, somewhere in there. It was early in the year. And then Minshew went on a fucking tear where he won like seven of nine or something. And he was producing. He was playing well. They had almost turned the season around because it was looking very bleak, at least to start. And then Minshew goes in and it's Minshew mania and Falls. everything turns around. No, no, no. I'm talking Minshew oh, talking and, today. and Jacksonville. No, I'm talking Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Minshew. Oh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. All right. When he went in, it was like week five or six. He helped turn the entire it was it was almost like the Bailey Zappi effect in New England, but they kept him in because they could afford to. And it sort of worked. Cause I'm pretty sure I, I I'm trying to remember who he replaced that year. Um did Jacksonville? start for Jacksonville? Yeah, no, he started. he started the season for Jacksonville. You sure? Yes. I'm pretty sure he, he got was drafted not the week by Jacksonville. One. I'm pretty sure he wasn't the week one starter, though. I believe he was. There wasn't anybody else back there for Jacksonville. Mm. I'm looking at it right I, now. I, and I, also, I, so, uh, it was... I don't want hockey reference for this one. <laughs> it, was, this, it was December 11th, so that was, was, that was later in the season. season. Then, yeah, so Carson Wentz went down because Nick Foles was not... Pl- Carson Wentz led them to the playoffs. They got a playoff spot with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Nick Foles took over, and then he played the rest of the season and and won. Gardner Minshew replaced Nick Foles. Nick Foles was the starting quarterback that year. For like what, two games? Four. He went 0-4. That's the reason why. And then Gardner Minshew came in, played a few good games, and then got traded to the Eagles the next season. They were 0-2. I'm trying to – I have to go through the, the box scores real quick to see who was in that quarterback for them. Um, but by – they were 0-2 in the first two games. And let's see. That was – Gardner Richie was starting week two in 2019. For the Jags. For the Jags. The first game versus the Chiefs. It was Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. So Nick Foles started Week One. It looks like, and then I think he got injured, and then he went, and then it went to Gardner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Gardner Minshew is good for a few games. I mean, I don't necessarily think he's like starting quarterback caliber. Um, That's all you need is a few games from him. 
But that I mean, like a you, few you, games in the regular season is different than a few games in the postseason. I, st- you, I you wouldn't need I more than I, you wouldn't need more than maybe one or two in the postseason though, and it's going to be the early rounds. Yeah, I still think he's going to if when you have the home advantage as well. It's gonna be iffy. Yeah, if you if you if you do seriously want to risk like don't want to risk Jalen Hurts' injury, you just sit him for the last three, have Gardner play. Obviously, I think they go. I don't even know who the Eagles face. I think they they face who they face the Cowboys, Saints, and Bengals, Giants. Right? Oh, Giants. Giants. So if Cowboys, you want Gar- if you Giants. want. Yeah, if you want Gardner to win, that's probably two. I mean, one, Gar- two I was just say Gardner Minshew can win two of those at a minimum. Yeah, they'll like, lose next week against the Cowboys if Gardner's playing, and then they probably. I don't know. I mean, two. Gardner can toss the ball around, and that Gardner, defense has looked like trash. Yeah, Gardner can toss it. I think it, it. It that's probably the one where it's like it's up in the air who wins. I think against the Saints and against the Giants, I think the Eagles will just win outright. Obviously, Giants game is the last game of the season, so who knows if they're even playing any starters, especially already locking up that first seed. Um, I think if they win one, I think they automatically lock up the one seed no matter what. So it's like if you already win one of those, might as well just rest your entire starting core. Don't need to risk an injury, especially with Devontae Smith and how you yeah. bet, how good your wide receivers are playing. True. Yeah. Yeah, um, good storylines heading into week 16. We'll see how they all shake out, how the playoffs shake out too. An updated playoff bracket for next week. Maybe we'll have some shakeups there to talk about. Um, any last words before we head off, gentlemen? Take a knee. Yep. Take Don't be a the hero. knee. Don't be the hero. Fuck. Especially if you're tied 24-24. Don't be Go to overtime. Yes. Tyler, anything? We almost pulled the same thing, so. Okay. With Sounds good. Russell Douglas. Titans better win this weekend against the Texans. I will be there, so hopefully they do. Um, in 20-degree weather, nonetheless. It'll be... Good luck with that. Have fun. Quite cold. That's um, nothing. Well, it was, it's it something here. It's, it's something for Nashville. I think it's going to be a high of 20 and a low of 8 that day. There so, you go. Um, nice fluctuating New England weather. It'll be Have quite fun. chilly. Enjoy that day um but oh, if you haven't don't done forget so already, the iced coffee true. yeah yeah i'll need some iced <laughs> coffee that day um if you haven't done so already feel free to subscribe to us on youtube we are chasing that 500 number um it'd be great to hit it before the end of the year so help us with that also subscribe to us on uh follow us on facebook twitter twitch instagram youtube all the things all the things we're everywhere and uh, we appreciate your support there but thanks for watching this week Merry Christmas to all of you. We will see Matt you next Matt Patricia can week. puck off. Yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can. Um, we'll talk more Wrong about show. that tomorrow. <laughs> During puck off, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, we have House of Cards at 8 p.m. Eastern Do time. Doing? Are they actually going on? Potentially. Oh, okay. It's every John, other week, so I'm, I'm assuming so. I'm assuming they're going on. So you? if you want to talk about sports cards, Thursday, um, 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on JDF Sports. I'm Dylan, that's Tyler, that's Chris. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you guys next week on Tuesday.